0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Shane Combs here with my brother, Matt Combs, here on Expanding the Zone as we hit uh, a little bit of a mini milestone, Matt. Show number 50 here on the on the podcast. I know over the last couple episodes, we've been talking um, some identity and, and and some different things and, and, and developing that identity. And then uh, here recently, we talked a little tourney time, which really has fit in with uh, uh, some of our area teams making some special tournament runs and uh, throughout the the girls and boys basketball and uh, as well as some of our local wrestlers um, on the individual side doing some special things and I, I guess I got me thinking here a little bit Matt. I always hear so much about when when the tournament time starts to overlap with that next sport, you know you you start to get into, sharing the athletes and, and the one coach is waiting on the athletes and so forth. So I just thought that that made sense to go with it, with a, uh, with a show, maybe titled "Patience, Please, uh, a little bit of sharing the multi-sport athlete, and you know, and as always here on Expanding the Zone, we thank Dr. Chris Good, Good Health Chiropractic Center for all his support and uh, check us out on YouTube or, or out there on the podcast, wherever you get. Uh, your podcast we're, were pretty much out there everywhere. But, Matt, I guess I would ask you I guess your biggest experience here would be more of waiting on the fall athlete to start a basketball season. I've had plenty of experience over the last 20, gosh, now what, 28 years um, waiting on the fall athlete in basketball, but then waiting on the winter athlete in, in spring. I, I just wanted to kind of get an opening remark from you, just your thoughts on. Now, I know we've talked about sharing athletes on expanding the zone, but this this particular show we're going to get just a little bit more specific in terms of some of the challenges maybe that a coach might face.
1: Yeah, you know, look, there there are challenges with it, right? It's depending on the size of your school and and how many athletes you share. And, you know, are you talking about one or two kids? Are you talking about almost the majority of your team? Um, and, and 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 there are challenges with it. I I do honestly think there are benefits as well though. And some people may disagree with that. I, I I've actually always been one that uh, really encourage kids to play multiple sports. I you know I think that I think the good outweighs the bad. Um, you know I think the number of times, uh, like, let's say a kid over my years, the number of times I've lost a kid because of a football injury um, compared to you know, some other type of injury. I mean, honestly, it's, it's other stuff usually that happens more so than a kid plays football and he gets hurt for basketball. Um, You know, uh, to me, I I think there's a lot of good with kids being multi-sport athletes being involved in a lot of different things. um, So, so yeah, are there challenges? Yeah, but I think there's also benefits to it, but uh, I know we're going to discuss maybe a few of the challenges today, but I, I do think there's some benefits as well.
0: Well, actually the, the one thing we always talk about on here is we, we don't do a lot of show prep. Uh, we we want to just kind of flow with it naturally and so forth. We always right. have our notes and we see where it goes. And because you mentioned that, I think I'll start with the benefit side because, you know, I agree with you, you know, Matt, sometimes I've had athletes in the past where they think maybe what their baseball coach wants to hear is, hey coach, I'm going to take the winter off and I'm going to hit all winter, you know, or I'm going to lift or, you know, and I, and I'll see kids go and and I've had some kids. I had, I had a particular kid come to my mind that was kind of an overachiever as a junior. If I'm being quite honest, he hit about four twelve. Uh, probably wasn't that talented, but but really really worked hard. And you know, he was a kid that probably on the basketball team wasn't going to get a lot of playing time. So he right. kind of he kind of decided, not with any negative attitude at all. I think he had every positive intention in mind. But what I found with that particular kid, he had been a three-sport athlete or at least a two-sport athlete most of his career. What I found is when he, by the time he got to his senior year baseball, still had a fine year. But early on, he was actually a little slower starting than you would think because I almost think maybe a little bit of pressing, a little bit of almost over um Overworking a little bit, maybe maybe a little burnout, throwing some senioritis, some of those different things. So, as I heard your opening, that I, I immediately pointed to that part of my outline here for tonight's show. Is that does that kind of fit a little bit what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think what happens with kids who you know who who play only one sport and, and look there's been a lot of really good athletes that do it i mean it's not like it can't be done or it but but it, but it, you know those kids tend to put all their eggs in one basket they tend to work really really hard at that sport i mean the kids that do it right work really really hard at that sport and there's no question there can be some burnout of times or if things don't go you know exactly the way they want them to go early they put the weight of the world on her shoulders and it becomes a thing where it really stresses them out mentally i think sometimes playing other sports gives you a release you know because especially if you are an elite player at one sport um playing another sport and maybe being able to have some fun with it maybe it's not maybe in your mind it's more about the camaraderie or or, or you know, uh, being a part of a team and and just having fun and competing. It's not something you're looking to go to college to play or whatever, you know, I think I, and the other thing benefits to it just not only mental health, but physical helps of different health, different movements, right. You're not just the same, you know, the same muscle groups, you know, doing everything, you know, this sport, you know, there's a little more cutting and twisting and turning and this sport it's a little more strength or whatever you know I, I think I think there's some physical benefits to it as well and you know I, I know even a lot of colleges you know I can remember when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State he publicly would say on multiple occasions he likes guys who are multi-sport athletes you know yeah. Um, so yeah I, I think there's some real real benefits to it both physically and mentally.
0: Well, and you kind of touch on that and it kind of goes over to one of the concerns, maybe some people will talk about different training and different things injury wise. And, you know, I will say being a baseball coach now for the 28th straight spring that if you have that three sport athlete, you know by the time they get to their senior year that's their 12th varsity sport you know i right. I, I understand the wear and tear and I, under, and I guess that's a little bit where the patience comes into play i mean the the spring sport mentality sometimes what i've learned over the years is you do have to be kind of a little bit patient you know what i always tell kids is you know i need you i don't need you to love it in the gym in February, I need you to still love it in the middle of April. You know what I mean? it's right, one of those right. where you got to transition a little bit. I don't have the Friday night lights to offer them. I don't have the gym packed with 2,000 people to offer them. The old 5 o'clock baseball start, <laughs> you know what I mean, usually a not-so-great weather the first month of the season, is there's got to be a little bit of a love of the game. There's got to be a right. little bit. So I I have to keep that in mind of at a small school where – I may not be able to push a few of those people to the three-hour practices in week one or week two or so forth. Now, that's not to say you're not going to run a varsity sport. But what I found over the years is you you may have to just be a little bit more. Um, you might have to adapt a little bit, I guess, is the the word to, you know, to some of the particular athletes. Now, have I had years where. I've been lucky enough to where baseball starts and and I look there at the first night of practice and I have seven or eight starters there already. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then you hit the ground running and you go. But I've also understood more times than not, you know, you and I just did a show on tourney time and that relates to every sport, even though we're talking basketball. What, what'd we say? what do we almost start? We both kind of, in our own words, started the show with, yeah, you got to have some talent. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, it's one of those things where at a small school, I want to support their success in all things. And then if I'm going to be a little bit selfish, hey, I'd like to have as many athletes out as I can possibly get. And I think you have to, to, to adjust a little bit of that. What what what, the, what were some of your experiences looking back in all your years of coaching on the kid who you knew was maybe a football player first that you were waiting on, or, or maybe even that was was a track kid or a spring coach that late in the year you knew that might be a needing to get a little bit of that workout in
1: as well? Well, I think it comes down to two things as a coach. You have to be one, you have to be willing to, to, to do what's best for that kid. Okay. I mean, we all care about our sport. But we also have to care about the kid, but I think you have to be creative. I think there has to be a level of creativity. And I think sometimes as coaches, we get a little stuck in our ways. We get a little stubborn. I think that that's something that I always tried to guard again. I never wanted to become um, the old, you know, you know, uh, I guess stiff neck, bullheaded coach, stubborn, you know, I, I suppose I became the old coach, but I I didn't want to be the, the, the stubborn coach to go along with it. But, but, but it, it, you have to be creative and you have to be able to work. Like, for instance, I'll give you some examples, some things we did, you know, later in my career that I don't think we would have thought of, you know, 20 some years ago is, you know, like Saturday morning shooting for football kids. You know, we would let football kids come in on a Saturday morning before they watch film and just shoot, you know, not run, not cut, not, I mean, nothing. Just really just stand there and shoot, you know, just get a basketball in their hands, right? Let them get up a few shots. It it became a little bit of also a great way for me to visit with them, right? How'd last Oh yeah. You know, so you're, you're developing those relationships, you know, or strengthening those relationships because sometimes what I was finding is I won't even see the kid all fall, you know, like, like I'd lose touch with him because he was so busy doing what he was doing. Right. And I was so busy doing what I was doing. This gave us once a week to sort of get together and, and it was really beneficial. Now for that to work, you have to have a football coach and a basketball coach to get along well, like each other and can work together. And we were fortunate to have that. uh, at, At Vent County, but, but then, vice versa. If you're going to do that, I think you have to do that for kids. And you mentioned spring sport, guys. I had kids that I, I encouraged on a Sunday afternoon. Hey, why don't you go to our old high school and throw today? Uh, don't be afraid to get in there and take a couple um, swings in the batting cage, throw the baseball around a little bit. I mean, look, I mean, if they're going to get hurt swinging a batter, in baseball, then it's just not my day. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit around and be that nervous about that. Um, you know, I wanted those kids because I had some kids that that was the better sport for them. But I also had some kids that I thought it was just good for them. I mean, I think sometimes as your season wears on, if you're not careful, the pressure, and the stress and just the the uh, I guess the same old, same old of a regular season, it'll take a toll on you. And I think it's OK to tell your players, hey, go throw a baseball today. Go shoot. You know, if you're a football kid, go shoot a basketball today, um, you know, just to give them. Just to let their mind get off of it for a little bit. And it's not, it doesn't mean that they like that sport better than yours. I think that coaches get into these things sometimes where like, well, if you let them do that, they'll be looking forward to baseball. They they won't be able to wait till basketball's over. They're not going to be focused on a tournament run. They want to get to the next sport. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that for a minute. Uh when you get into that gym, and like you said, that packed gym on a district semifinal, do you think they're looking to the next sport or they want to win that night? You know what I mean? They want to win that night. Um, so I think as coaches, we got to check our egos at the door a little bit Shane. And I think that we have to be creative and, 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 and because I think when you do that, when you treat people, right, more kids play your sport, more kids come out for your sport. They're more committed to you as a coach and everybody wins. Yeah, it's really well said. I, I watch
0: a lot of tournament basketball and, you know, here over the last, you know, month or so I've watched some division one softball players play basketball. I've watched some division one volleyball players play basketball. I've watched some kids I know are gonna play football to the next level play basketball. Never once did right. I look out there in a the tournament and think, hey, you know, they're not really playing that hard. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? They're, they're out there. Right. That's what makes right. them mad. You know what I mean? Like like you said, that they, they, they don't know any other way. So that that's that that's pretty well said. Now to be fair, you know, one of the things that did bring this show topic on as I started to talk uh, to some different coaches as I enjoy doing off the good feedback we get from expanding the zone. I always, I always encourage that anytime you want to reach out to us uh, through uh, through email, through here on the YouTube, uh, through social media, absolutely do that. And and Matt, one of the comments that had, had come on was the concern of the injury concern of the training. You know what I mean? Like, so if the kid, if the high school football kid does go through that, 11th 12th 13th week of football you know do they get the proper transition time into basketball if the kid is going into the district and even regional level basketball is the pitcher or catcher or or that type of thing getting the proper training and proper thing? there there is some time management there i'm not i'm not going to doubt that if i if i have if i have um I have had some kids over the years that maybe they're not ready to throw what they normally would on an opening day or that opening week where maybe they're getting a baseball in their hand a little bit late. Absolutely. But I think those are far and few between where we have to be open-minded and a little bit more, um, you know, just willing to look more big picture than just those one or two examples. More times than not. You know, if a, if a kid comes in, it doesn't take that long for the athlete uh, when they're 15, 16, 17 years old to transition. Now, it's something as unique as pitching and baseball. Yeah, it may take an extra week or two, but I don't know. I just don't know that I've said, t- has your experience told you anything different in terms
1: of that transition? No, I think there has to be, you have to use your head with some of these things physically. But here's the thing. I, I think you have to be willing as a coach to, to to give up a little bit temporarily to get the long-term result that you want, like to get the long-term benefit. And, and, And I'll give you some examples. I'll use some of the teams I've watched of yours, Shane, over the years as examples. Okay. So some of your best baseball teams involved kids who were the best players on the football team, right? Quarterbacks, running backs, football teams that made long runs in the playoffs, right? I mean, a few kids that come to mind with your Anthony McFad eras and stuff like that, where these football team makes, make, they make long runs. And then all of a sudden the basketball team's pretty good, right? They're making pretty good long runs too, because there was some talent there. So all of a sudden, maybe they're going to the district final level or whatever. And these kids get to you. Are they a little bit burnt out? Possibly maybe a little bit, but, but, but what did You know, I can remember you talking to me about, hey, I'm going to bring these guys on slowly. You know what I mean? We're going to be careful with their arms. We're going to ease them in. And then by the end of baseball, when you guys are playing in the regional tournament, those guys are all in. My point to this is you have to, as a coach, keep in mind that winners win, okay? So you want winners. And if they win in football and they win in basketball, chances are they're going to be winners in baseball too. They don't all of a sudden just become Oh, these kids win championships and everything else, and they're complete losers for me. That's just not the way it works. Their attitudes, to be a a champion at that level, their attitudes have to be right. Their work ethic has to be right, correct? Now, does that mean they're as talented in one sport as they are another? Not necessarily, not always. But what I'm saying is, don't you find the teams that win, you know what I mean? Those kids know how to win. And then, so you want kids like that. And to have kids like that, you have to be patient. You have to understand that, hey, we may not be as good as we are you remember the willersburg teams back in the day in basketball that would go to the regional tournament and they'd have like six losses seven losses eight losses some years because their football team would always go so far right and they'd start the year at oh man willersburg must be down this year they're you know they're three and three after six games they're not down they they were they they weren't ready for the basketball yet physically and and all of a sudden they get to the tournament and they're the same old wheelersburg right i just use them as an example you see it all the time um you know i think as coaches we have to be patient this is where the patience i guess you mentioned earlier shane right comes in we have to be patient enough to say look these are the types of players i want in my program and to have these types of players i i have to be careful not to you know not to push them too hard early and make sure they're healthy enough for the long haul
0: yeah, I think that's well said, I, and that's why I want to be fair on this. I don't want to act like it doesn't
1: impact it at all because no, does. no, I think you, it does you, impact it a little bit early, but 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 you, the benefit outweighs that later on.
0: Yeah, you you can certainly lose an early basketball game or lose an early baseball game where maybe you know the pitching or the arms or or, or whatever. But as we're saying, as you move forward, what's best for your school, what's best for the kids, and so forth, and You know, I guess the last bullet point I had now, Matt, is anytime we do these shows, we try to share our experience to to not just state the problem, but maybe to to help handle these situations. And like I said, I graduated 1995 from high school and I'm now whatever that math is, 28 straight springs coaching baseball. And you've been a longtime athletic director. So I think we have a lot to offer in this area where the scheduling for early spring can be a mess because what happens is you still have your your basketball teams in the tournament usually in the Ohio weather baseball softball practices are inside maybe your school doesn't have very many gyms maybe you don't have an indoor facility maybe with hosting sectionals now you can't put your batting cage up until after the sectional finals been played all of these different things and I think you you talked about it earlier, there has to be an adult communication that puts things in place for kids to transition as easy as possible. I think a lot of times these transitions are made difficult because the adult relationships are not what they should be. I've been very, very blessed over the years at, at Payne Valley where I work, where I've had great connection with these people and we've been able to work together you know it, it's so you're communicating with the basketball the way we've always done it at Payne valley is if basketball's still in the tournament they'll have the first say on gym time and then baseball softball will adjust around that the baseball softball team's working together well when are we going to go inside when are we going to go outside could we use our, our our awesome field turf okay if we're going to do that we're going to have to work with the track coaches I mean, the track coach may not be thrilled with baseballs flying all over the football field if they're out around the track. So the adult relationships uh, throughout, you know, obviously organization's huge, but I wanted you to comment from an athletic director standpoint. I'm sure this many years you've seen good and bad adult relationships in terms of how much that impacts how well this particular topic that we're talking about here in show 50 is going to go for a school.
1: It impacts it greatly. And you and I've talked about before, Shane, in almost every category we talk about, right, in terms of building a program, we we talk about administration, right? It always comes up because it starts at the top. You have to have an administration that supports uh, doing things a certain way, right? And, and expects to do things a certain way. And then, so in this case, your athletic administration, your athletic director, it's his or her job to make sure that that you are creating these opportunities that you don't just say, well, they will figure it out or whatever, you know, you have to be involved in that. Hopefully your coaches get along and communicate with each other. Your coaches of different sports. But like I'll give you an example. We've had situations where, uh, you know, just last week, um, you know, uh, our girls basketball team had advanced to the regionals and they, and they had to practice on Monday. There was a, Uh, supposed to be you know a bunch of rain that day so we had to make arrangements and plans for how are we going to practice basketball which is crucial they had a, a regional game the next day right you know we're going to be able to get our baseball softball teams in the gym our track team wants some indoor time right because it's raining you know that right if the weather's nice you guys all go outside everybody you know everybody's uh letting the good times roll but when the weather's bad then you've got to get creative. And, and as an AD, it's my job to get involved there and try to, and I spent part of the weekend on the phone with, with, uh, with coaches, you know, Hey, what are you going to do tomorrow? What's your thoughts? Can we do this? Can I push you back an hour and allow this team to slide in? You know what I mean? Can Is there, is there something else we could do? Can we do, can we use our elementary school? Can we, you know, whatever the case is, you're trying to make arrangements because I think Shane ultimately, you're trying to do right as an entire athletic program. But my point to all this is, I think if if you have administration that is, is is involved in helping coaches through this and you have coaches that get along and they're in it for the kids and they're trying to help everybody's situation, you know, good things can happen. But we don't live in a fairy tale world either. And you and I both know there are schools that don't, you know, that have situations where people don't get along. They don't have good relationships. They start pulling kids different directions, you know. You know, well, why, why are you playing that sport? Why don't you know why you're you know, have you thought about and that's when it gets I think gets ugly. So you, you hope you can avoid those things. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Matt, as we move on to
0: the uh, closing remarks, I guess I always try to summarize the show. And for, for me, I, I look at it from a standpoint of the adult relationships being so important, uh, how a school hires being so important. You know, I mean, when you have when you have coaches that love their school. And not just their program a lot of these things fall into place a lot a lot better than in in other situations um I, i think that when particularly in the small school which most of our listening area we we certainly have people that listen as outside of state even i get comments from different people all the time but the majority of our listeners are in a southeast ohio area and let's face it southeast ohio um Rarely has more than one or two Division One schools. We're working with a lot of two, threes, and fours, um, mainly threes. So you're, you're you're working at a lot of these schools that, if you're not sharing athletes, then you're probably just not very successful across the board because there's just not enough good athletes to go around. Um, so I think th- th- those are these particular things are really really important to look at and how. Uh, kids are being encouraged across the board to participate in a lot of different things and how coaches share athletes and and so forth. So um, does it impact the start of a season? Certainly can. Uh, Does it impact winning sometimes early in the year? It can. But if if you're open-minded and you understand that, you know, winter sports deal with it, spring sports deal with it, and it's just something that has to be done in order to bring the kid along the proper way it doesn't have to be the end all. In fact, uh, you know, sometimes less is more and and understanding that you're going to get more out of that kid in the long run. um, If you, if you help her, for him and that transition period. So, so Matt, give us a closing remark and we'll get out of here on show number 50
1: this week. Well, I I don't have a whole lot to add, Shane. I mean, you kind of said what I was going to say there in a way, I think it comes down to coaches doing right by kids. I think that when you show kids that you're willing to work with them and, and you're not trying to tug them in one direction or, or make life difficult on them by giving them, putting them in situations where you, well, you, I guess you're just going to have to choose tonight between, you know, the, is like in the summertime, right? You're going to have to choose between this seven-on-seven and this shootout. It's all you can do. You know what I mean? And and then just throwing that at the kid and that kid being like, well, I'm going to make somebody mad here either way. It's just not the way to do it. It's not right. You know, the football, basketball coach need to communicate. They need to make... The schedule should have never said that in the first place, right? Right. Should have never put that kid in that situation. And when you... it, it, It comes down to just... I mean, I hate to say it, treating people the right way. I mean, it should be common sense. Unfortunately, it's not always. But 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 I think when you do that, the, and you share your athletes, the benefits far outweigh the losses, you know, the the, the benefits of 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 your success long term far outweigh maybe a slow start in the first week of your season. Right. And, and and I think that it's just in a day and age where participation numbers are down, we can't afford to do it any other way, truthfully
0: well said. Wait, well, hey, real quick on uh, on the YouTube, uh, we've hit show number 50 or there on the podcast app. If you're if you're new to expanding the zone, I think the one unique thing about our our particular show is that yeah, we we relate to some time sensitive things where a particular thing uh, might have been coming up like the Derek Jeter series or you know the Michael Jordan uh, last dance series uh, that you know like when we talk tourney time and so forth. Yes, they relate to certain things going on time-wise, but really the topics are just constant, ongoing coaching, player, program, school building, community building type of topics that I think you would enjoy going back and listening. So, if you're new to expanding the zone here uh, recently, I would I would welcome you to go back and, and check out as many of the of the first fifty. Um, uh, shows that, that that you can so Matt it's been a lot of fun I look forward to starting another 50 with you here soon uh, but uh, best of luck to all of our area teams or athletes that are, are, are out there still trying to compete in the tournament or, or transitioning into their spring sports uh, we'll catch up with everybody soon thanks everyone